Hey there. You're listening to What the Riff, a podcast that takes you back through the years from 1965 to 1995, featuring a rock album of the month, a few staff picks, and a little more. We hope you'll find something you haven't heard in a while, along with a few deeper cuts that you may never have heard, or that you'll find a new artist to follow. Visit our website, whattheriff.com, where our blog will show you all the artists we've covered, as well as a list of every track. Thanks to our sponsors, Stanton Electric, a commercial electrical specialist, and Marbury Creative Group, a brand development agency that helps companies tell it better. So it's time to turn up the volume and enjoy this episode of What the Riff? Explosions at the world's largest coal mine kills 427 in Africa. Five men are arrested after trying to bug the National Committee Office of the Democratic Party at Watergate Complex in Washington. And 14 inches of rain in six hours burst a Rapid City, South Dakota dam, drowns 237. This is What the Riff, June of 1972. And I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm Brian. And I'm Bruce. And right now, who's bringing us this? This is Bruce's pick. This is mine. All right, guys. Grab your platform shoes and your glitter makeup. It's time to listen to Ziggy Play Guitar. Right, we finally got to it. <laughs> I've, I've said before, there are some artists and some uh, albums that just make me nervous doing it. You know, like when we did Jimi Hendrix, you know, that's one of those that people really appreciate. This is one of those. David Bowie is just iconic. Agreed. Yeah. You know, oh, I, 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 I love this line, by the way. Okay, Hang on a second. <laughs> there you go. What does he mean? <laughs> I, think he, I think he's Chinese. He's well hung. Snow white tan. <laughs> but you know, I remember the first time I saw Bowie, which is on uh, Don Kirshner's rock concert. Do you remember that? It used to be on late Friday night yeah, or Saturday yeah. night. They Just before MTV, they, as I recall, became popular. Right. Well, th- this was featured on that, and I remember seeing this, going, "Is this is this a guy or is this a, a girl?" Exactly. I and too. I was just, I just couldn't figure it out. Androgyny. Yeah. Well, so this is David Bowie's fifth studio album, and it features, it it kind of features Bowie, but it really doesn't. It features. Uh, and the androgynous bisexual rock star Ziggy Stardust, who channels extraterrestrials and saves the Earth when it only has five years to survive. You know what the weirdest thing about Ziggy Stardust is to me? What's that? The lack of eyebrows. That's just disturbing for some reason. You know, he just shaved them off. I've never noticed that. It was such. You never- I never noticed that. It was such an odd character, though. It was. It well, was. that was glam rock. Exactly. I mean, that, that was the thing. It was, it was happening. You had the New York Dolls at the same time. You know, that whole mm-hmm. Andy Warhol group that was doing that. Kiss came out of that. That was with the right. makeup with Kiss. T-Rex and David Bowie are kind of the, the, the pillars of glam rock. Yeah. So this is the title track. Um, you've heard it on rock stations, but I don't think it was ever actually released as a single from the album. Hmm. I think they just played it a lot. Um, it seems difficult to do this album and not play this song. So. Iconic for sure. And I thought it set up the, the album very nicely. It kind of describes the, the character. 
Um, but like, yeah, like it, as Wayne said, when you look up glam rock on the internet, one of the first pictures you see is the Ziggy Stardust character, right? Now this is a deeper cut. I don't think you'll hear this on the radio very much at all. Um, this is uh, a little less glam rock, a little more punk rock, in my opinion. I'd call it proto punk. Proto punk kind of before, but it does, you know, like it has that New York Dolls sound, and they were yeah. happening at that time. And we, we're going to focus on one of those albums soon too. That's fair. That's fair. So the the album itself is not actually Ziggy Stardust. You hear that called that called it a lot, but the actual name of the the album is The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. So there you have it. I want to say the tour. I want to. Maybe late '80s was like the Spiders from Mars tour, and I, that's the one I went to. I, oh, yeah? I want to say that was the tour, but it was a great, it was the greatest hits tour, and so I had it a included this. Yeah. yeah. Well, did he actually in that tour? I remember that tour, but I don't recall him actually dressing as Ziggy Stardust. No, he did that. not. He yeah. was the thin okay. white dude then. Right. That he, was know. that was a big deal though because um, David Bowie several places talks about that Ziggy Stardust kind of took over his persona. He he right. really. He felt like he had some mental issues from that, you know, Ooh. that uh, that he could. It was hard for him to separate himself, David Bowie, from Ziggy Stardust, the character. You know who that sounds similar to is Alice Cooper. Oh yeah. You know, he had, of course, Vincent. Uh, his real last name, but Vincent. Mm-hmm. And but separating himself from separating his stage himself presence, from Alice, and it took over because then he got to get addicted to alcohol and drugs, and he had to go to rehab at least twice because of his. Incorporating in Alice Cooper into his everyday life. Wow, it's interesting the creative types and what they'll do because, I mean, that's one of the things Bowie really sinks himself into all of these characters, and and that one, in fact, I think I think Wayne, you might have mentioned it on a previous episode that uh, David Bowie actually retired the characters. Yeah, that was one of the sort of happenings at that time, and we talked about it a couple couple of weeks ago about right. how he retired the character. Because it ended, and now he's going to do something else. That's one thing great about David Bowie mm-hmm. is he reinvented himself over and over again. Oh yeah, and he really his popularity was was probably at its height in the eighties, mm-hmm. basically ten years after this. Definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that was this. Let's this dance. is one of the things that makes Bowie intimidating to me is because he's one of these. I think of him in the same category as. Bob Dylan or is Elvis Costello is one of these that's really really creative and it's almost like they don't care if they're popular or not you know and sometimes they're hugely popular and sometimes they're they're not so much but yeah you're right Wayne um, Bowie this was a an iconic album and it became more popular over time but the big album the one that was really his commercial success was Let's Dance yeah, from the early right. 80s yeah. great album oh yeah so we're on the third song. This is uh, Starman. This is actually the first single that was released from the album. Um, supposedly, and they, they wrote it last, supposedly because nobody had heard a single from the album yet as, oh. that was listening to it. Um, and I had to include this one. This one is actually not that popular today, but I had to include it because this was the song that SpaceX played on the Tesla Roadster that they launched <laughs> when yeah, yeah. the Falcon Heavy, uh, yeah, when that. they did the test launch of the Falcon Heavy. Yep. And so I kind of gravitated to that because of that. 
I remember this on basically FM radio, which yeah. was just an alternative radio. It was not a standard at that time. You didn't hear hits on FM. Right. AM radio was the hits and music and had lousy sound. Just FM had great sound, and you were actually no able static to hear. at all. And no static at all. That's the rumor. <laughs> FM. Now, wouldn't this be a little odd if this not wasn't David Bowie, but he went by his original name? Oh, yeah. I was, get, give him David Bowie's original what, name. What did Davy Jones? Oh, geez. Now, I've, you know, I think I'm, it was Davy Jones. And, and the thing is, is that he actually monkeys, had some songs yeah. that he released as uh, as as Davy Jones. I, I need to verify but that once, that's the once, name. Once but. they had the, the monkeys were going so big, mm-hmm. they kind of went to him and said, look, you're just going to have to change change your last name on that. Yeah. So, fun fact. According to Song Facts, a poll done by Out.com named this album the gayest album of all time. (laughs) Happiest, right? (laughs) That's right. It's a happy album. It's the happiest album. (laughs) I didn't have as much of an appreciation for him until the 80s, Let's Dance, and then I started kind of... You know, I got into some of the ones that we know that, that they play a lot, the old ones. But right, I do remember this one. Yeah, it is. It's it's one that that people recognize, and it was a single at the time. But uh, I think there are several other songs. The the Ziggy Stardust song and the one that we'll do next were, became the bigger songs from this album. I mean, his breadth of music. Obviously, we're probably going to pull up another David Bowie album in a couple of years. Oh sure, we have. We've got to do. do I mean, you got Rebel Rebel. Yep. I mean, Hunky Dory was the one previous to this, which is a very good album. And I remember in college, um, I tried to play it guitar a little bit, and and I remember doing a space oddity. And if if you play acoustic guitar, that's a fun song to do because the chord progression is, is just different. It's not your standard one four five chords. It's uh, it's it's got a lot more variety to and it. And that's another so. song. Speaking of space, then mm-hmm. uh, in the space station, the guy brought a guitar and he played, he played space, space oddity, oddity, and that became a kind of a cult hit. Yeah, that was cool. The astronaut playing it. So David Bowie, one of the things I guess you've noticed is he has two differently colored eyes. Have you noticed that? Yes. Or it appears that he does. Um, his right eye looks blue and his left eye appears dark. And that's because he got into a fight when he was 15 and it damaged his left eye. And the condition is called uh, anisonorrhea and it's caused by the pupil being permanently dilated. So that's what makes him look that way. Yeah, it's a pretty cool look. Now this is a good rock All right, right here. Now Brian's rocking out over here. We're talking about his eyes. I think that Marilyn Manson kind of took that on. Remember, he had be. he had two yeah. different eyes, and I think he put a contact lens in to make one of his eyes oh, blind right. or white or something like that. But yeah, yeah, this is a great song. Here. This is the song that a lot of people think about. Yeah. You, this, you know, interestingly though, this was the B side to the Starman single. Hmm, really? And yep. It, and it did better. That's right. I I found something. Uh, Online and it was Davy Jones and the Lower Third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That band. was one of his. That was his original. One of his original groups. So he's on the <laughs> cover. I see that cover with, <laughs> with somebody else iconic, 
Jimmy Page. Oh, really? Oh. He and Jimmy Page were in the same band. Oh, it's gotcha. called the Manish Boys. Oh, wow, if that if that group would have been kept on going, now that would have been a hell of a group. You, I'll, I'll put, I'll send you a link and we'll put it on our Facebook yeah. page. Kind of cool. That is excellent. What's you a suffragette, Bruce? What is a suffragette? I know you want to tell us a suffragette. That was actually a derogatory term when it originally came out for a, a, a woman who was pushing for the vote for women's suffrage. So they referred to them as suffragettes, and kind of the name stuck. Now, what that has to do with this song, I have no idea. I actually <laughs> looked for that, and I couldn't <laughs> find anything that said it. It did say that after this song came out that Paul McCartney put the word suffragette in, oh, yeah. in his song. Yeah. So. Is he talking about California chickens? <laughs> <laughs> California chickens. California. misheard lyric. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So, Bowie actually offered this song to the band Mott the Hoople. Yep. When they were having difficulties and they didn't take it. That's why they were having difficulties. Yeah, uh, they, yeah clearly. They're they not did making take, good choices. They did, they did record all the young dudes, uh, which yeah. Bowie did. But they didn't do this song, which I, yeah, I think they, they, they could have done better to get this one. This is a great song. Oh, here comes another one of those lyrics that we've got to listen to. Do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think Ted Nugent took that lyric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A great album. It's just interesting to see, you know, because this was this whole thing was a reaction to a lot of the revolutionary, very seriousness of, of some of the rock music of the late 60s. And now it's kind of, they go to this outrageousness and, you know, this, this huge glam type of a thing. That's awesome. Thanks, Excellent. Bruce. You're listening to What the Riff from June of 1972. We hope you enjoy it. Take a minute to follow us on Facebook. Give us a review on iTunes, iPodcast, and keep listening. Tell your friends about us. Now we'll return to June of 1972 with our entertainment track. And this song was popular. It was actually the number one song because of the result of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory the year before. So that, that came out before this. Yeah, that's correct. And that's the only reason why I put it on as entertainment, because it was the number one song, and somebody else sang it in the movie, right. but Sammy Davis Jr., who was part of the, 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 the pack of... The Brat of, Pack. The Brat, the brat the pack, the pack. The Rat Pack. The Rat Pack. Yes, yes. The Brat Pack would be later on. Yeah, yeah. it'd be in the 80s. In Las Vegas with Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra. Well... This was the biggest hit that Sammy Davis Jr. ever had. So he, he didn't, didn't he didn't write it. No, and he didn't really like it very much either, as, as I can yeah. as I understand it. But he did it anyway. But what movies that were going on at that time? Uh, ben, if you oh. guys remember that, that was the sequel to Willard. The rat and the rat, the little boy that had a pet rat, Ben. Uh, Beware of the Blob, which was a sequel to The Blob, the blob. about 20 years later. Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Ooh. 
if you that Another was the fourth sequel. one. Another that was the fourth one. Now, in the the Planet first of the one was really a big deal yeah. because of the way that they had they had created the, the eight faces and things. But exactly, and you know, get your paws off me, you damn dirty ape! <laughs> <laughs> and of course, That's pretty good, Brian. Of course, Thank the you. budget. I, I remember reading the budget just dropped like by half each time, and this time it was just all people with rubber masks. So, so did <laughs> you know. so did the quality of the movies. Yeah, exactly. They didn't have Charlton Heston on the on these last the last three really. The second one, he just barely was in it. Uh, the Candidate was a political comedy drama starring Robert Redford. Prime Cut was a uh, was a movie Lee Marvin was in. Uh, he was a mob enforcer sent to kill somebody else in Kansas City, and that was played by Gene Hackman. Fillmore, Gene Hackman, he's a good he's a good actor. Yeah. Fillmore, we talked about this as uh, basically a documentary about the last days of the Fillmore. Um, West that was in San Francisco that closed down and they had basically the weekend concerts and everything. And the biggest movie that came out in June of 1972, Deep Throat. Oh. <laughs> you know, that just continues the kind of the trend with, if you look at the outrageousness, the idea of, of you know, just everything goes. Um, it was it was very big in the, the early seventies, the late sixties. Well, the know, other irony, I'm sorry, Bruce. The other irony, if you recall, mm-hmm. pornography or pornographic movies was oh, yeah. forbidden in the United States. Mm-hmm. You could not legally make them. But you had Midnight Cowboy back in '69, actually nominated for Academy Awards. As, as far as I know, that I don't know if that's the only rated X, but it's the first rated X yeah. movie to get that that. Uh, Nomination. So that was our entertainment from June of 1972. Now we're going to move on to staff picks. Ooh, and I hear that build up. Something coming bigger and bigger, and I think Rob's bringing this one to us. Yes, I am. You know what it is? Yes, I do. Oh, yeah. The Scream 70s. Gives me, gives me the chill bumps because this is such a great song. I knew the song, Hold Your Head Up, yeah. but I didn't really pay attention to who the artist was right. the band and it's Argent that's the name yeah. of the band Rod Argent the, the lead singer on this yep so he he started this band after he was with a group that Wayne has featured in the past yep the Zombies and he was actually uh, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in March of 2019 with the Zombies hmm you know who I thought it when I heard the song for the longest time I always thought Instead of it being Argent, I always thought it was um, either Three Dog Night. Bad company. Or I thought, well, no, I, not Three Dog you know, it, it feels Paul Rogers. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But Three Dog Night, or it was uh, Grand Funk Railroad. I just, yeah. Because of the organ, the, you know, the, the Hammond. The Hammond going well, Speaking of the Hammond organ, Brian, uh, we know that all roads lead to Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Rick Wakeman from Yes said that this Hammond playing was the greatest organ solo ever. Really? Wow. That's quite a compliment. That yeah. is. Yeah. Got the bass drive in there. Boom, 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 boom. This was released as a single in June of 1972 and eventually showed up on their album All Together Now. It was their third album. It was the only U.S. top 40 hit for Argent, mm. this was. It if does have a really neat. It's it's neat when you run into a song like this that has a very slow beat, but it's still just rocking out. You know, 
It was originally six minutes long, longer than six minutes. Okay. So they did a version for radio where they faded it out, and it was close to four minutes. So that's what we're listening to here. It's kind of interesting. I looked at the lyrics. So the part where they're not saying, hold your head up, is eight lines. Mm -hmm. They say, hold your head up 39 times. And then they say, hold your head high four times. <laughs> and the rest of the time, they're <laughs> just doing, if it's bad, don't let it get you down. You can take it. If it hurts, don't let them see you cry. You can make it. And if they stare, just let them burn their eyes on you moving. And if they shout, don't let it change a thing that you're doing. Just let them burn their eyes on your moving. Exactly. That's and, a fine lyric right there. And then from then on, you just have to say, hold your head up. This is the Hammond organ solo, by the way. You did and play the longer version so that you get the organ. You have to, to to hear to hear the organ. So yeah, this is actually the long the six the six minute version. But of course, this podcast is still only thirty five minutes long because it's in the early 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 seventies before they got into too much of the prog. Argent broke up in nineteen seventy six, so about four years after this. And like okay. I said, this was their third. Album. Yeah, Argent is not a band that I'm that familiar with. No, me neither. However, like I said, Rod Argent was at the Zombies, and he, he went back he went back to them. And another guy is pretty well known from this band. If you know Sean we, Cassidy. Nope. We have uh, <laughs> Rod <Cassidy>? Argent <laughs> on keyboards, backing in lead vocals. We have bon Bob Henrit was on drums. Jim Rodford was on bass guitar and backing vocals. And this guy played guitar and lead vocals, Russ Ballard. Oh, Russ yeah. Ballard, okay. Yeah, he's he pops up all the time on, on different groups and everything else. We talked about doing a rabbit hole on Russ Ballard. We he could. Just, I was looking at this, and I thought, good grief. Uh, he worked with America mm -hmm. and wrote You Can Do Magic. Remember that song? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Heard it the other day on the radio. He worked with Frida and Phil Collins, who was on drums in 1982. Remember that song? Mm -hmm. I Know There's Something Going On. Oh, yeah. yeah. He did that. And um, he uh, he had a solo album he had on the rebound was, was a hit from that. Do you remember his other super big hit that he did? I think I spotlighted it. I think I you did. It Voices. Voices. It's I hard. Voices. Isn't it funny when you're listening to something and you're sitting there and you're like, I know that other song, but yeah. I can't yeah. think of it because I hear Hold Your Head Up. Yeah. By the way, this is number... And I hear voices now. Yes. That's 33. That's 34. 34. <laughs> <laughs> we're counting while we're doing Did it. Did you say Jim Rockford was uh, on that planet? Jim Rodford. Rodford. Okay. Okay. Now, not Jim Rock. You'll appreciate well, this. He went on to be a private investigator. Yes, he did. One of his bigger, <laughs> one of his bigger uh, things he was involved in. Russ Ballard was with Petra. Mm, Initially, yeah. a Christian song, Christian group called "God Gave Rock and Roll to You." Really? Oh yeah. And I remember then, that. that song was taken and covered by Kiss. Kiss. Wow. God gave rock and roll to you too. Number. Two is what they called it, and Kiss did that. So um, yeah, go out and have a listen to that. I, I hadn't heard that in a while. I was uh -huh. like, I was trying to remember it. Petra, that was like early '80s yeah. uh, song, like late '70s, early '80s. Yeah, yeah exactly. And 
And like I said, Kiss, well, Kiss did pretty Ballard, well with basically, it. Basically, that's another rabbit hole that everybody needs to go dive into. But, yeah, Rod Argent obviously kicked butt. Yeah. Good pick, Rob. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very good. Now, now we're going we're, on next. Who's, who's up next? Brian. That would be me, Brian. I'm sure you mellowing out a little bit yes we are but this is one of the greatest lyrical songs i think i've ever heard kind of compares it i kind of compare it to harry chapin's cats in the cradle not the impact of being a father but taxi was in one of the top hits of harry chapin at that time oh i know but this one listen to the lyrics old man look at my life i'm a lot like you are and it just basically reflects they're having just a reflection about I mean, just that lyric alone just speaks volumes. Yeah, it does. It It was written uh, in 1970. He uh, wrote it about, he bought a cattle ranch, he being Neil Young. Mm -hmm. And the owner of the property was named Louis Avila. And essentially, back then, think about the price of the real estate. Back then in 1970, he bought it for $350,000. Wow. No telling what today's market value would have really? been. Really? Was it in Canada he bought that? Huh? Was, was the farm in Canada? Uh, it doesn't say. I'm, I'm oh, okay. re- looking at uh, song facts. But it was called the Broken Arrow Ranch. And uh, this is basically, he got to know Louis Avila, and they became very close. And then he started, basically he was inspired. And Oh, that, that was the inspiration for the song. Yeah, just, they became very close and... And uh, so that it just, all these lyrics started coming to him. Now, mm-hmm. this is recorded off the Harvest album. If you guys remember the Harvest album, it was huge. Yeah. His first now it's more of a mellow. Uh, what was going on at that time was very mellow stuff. Obviously, he was with Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young at the time at, at different time periods. But yeah, that was this. Some reason that '72 had a lot of really mellow songs. America, yeah. Bread, America, I, had, so I Need You. There's a lot of mellow stuff that was coming out at that time. So anyway, we keep uh, off that album. You probably remember their biggest hit, and that was. Do you remember the biggest hit off of the that album or one of his Southern Man, wasn't it? No, no. Was that later? Uh, basically, the big one it was uh, Heart of Gold. Heart of Gold. Oh yeah. Okay. If you'll listen to it, he's got some really good musicians working with him. James Taylor was playing the banjo guitar. Okay. Oh, right really? now, right here, the banjo no. guitar. That's what he called it, because okay. it, it was basically a banjo in the shape of a guitar. Oh, interesting. So hmm. he's, he recorded the heart, uh, you know, heart of Gold, but he was doing lyrics or ba- uh, you know, background. Uh, oh, so I was wondering who was doing the background, because I was listening. I was going, that sort of sounds like somebody, Stephen yeah. Stills or somebody, mm-hmm. Graham Nash in the background a little bit. So. But, but I, I don't think he's on this one, but, but yeah. on the Heart of Gold, but. There's another artist on there that who's doing background with him, and it, if you listen to Heart of Gold, and you can hear that high, high octave. Yeah, that's Linda Ronstadt. Oh, Linda so, Ronstadt did a lot of stuff. Yeah, she yeah. Did. This is another. Um, Brian, I'm glad you brought this up. I'm not a big Neil Young fan, but he's another one of those iconic, terribly creative oh, yeah. writers that that um, just don't appear to care whether they're popular or not. Great pick. Thanks, okay, Brian. Now we're going to really change it up and kick it in the gear, buddy. Get us going, Wayne. This is Swamp Rock. <laughs> swamp Rock. Yes. Well, this Brian, is-, is this Swamp Rock? 
I they, think you really, to, to Wayne's point, I think you have, in order for you to really enjoy it, you must have web feet. <laughs> we have to, we have, to have to ask our resident Louisiana well, guy. This yeah. is the Hollies, and they're known for their pop hits like Bus Stop, Carrie Ann, On a Carousel. He even did the song, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. Yep. And the latest, the last hit they had was The Air That I Breathe. Mm-hmm. And this is Long Cool Woman in a Black, black Dress. And this is their most hardest rocking one. And they wanted to do a song that's similar to Credence. Who I was, was going to say, really that's who I thought time. this that's, was. Yes, uh, me thought, too, Rob. Me too. I thought this was CCR. They had heard, you know, obviously very influenced by Credence. They yeah. just go, they, they definitely imitated John Fogarty's style. And it was based on the song, Credence's song, Green River. So, yeah. Well, that's cool. That makes sense. I still remember this, those guys. I had on the AM radio, AM clock radio that I, uh, I received. And I remember when this song come on, I probably blew the speaker and made at least crack. <laughs> <laughs> I love this song. Playing it on your clock radio. Absolutely. Who had a clock radio? Did you guys have oh, a Oh, yeah. yeah. Man. Now, I still have a clock radio. Do you? Well, I don't use it, but I've got it. <laughs> we talked about Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Graham Nash was a founding member of the Hollies, but he had left by the time this song came out. So he was part of that, and he went to the Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Now, now, anybody have an idea what this song's about? A long, cool uh, woman yeah, in a black dress. <laughs> yes, a long, cool woman in a black dress. They, they, said, they said this is a tale about a government agent and a femme fatale who's the long cool woman. She's oh. five foot nine and beautifully tall. You know, but it's about the bootlegging days of America and they wanted to write a song about that. And the FBI was raiding and this woman was singing at the bar and then the person who's singing the song doesn't want her to get into trouble, so he just kinda saves her. And so here's the lyric is well I heard somebody was was shooting a gun. The DA, which is double action revolver, was pumping in my left hand, and I she was holding my right. And well, just told her, "Don't get scared, because we're going to be scared." That's cool. Kind of a body and Clyde type of thing. Exactly. Well, I'm wondering, uh, was there a, a 007 movie out before this that kind of inspired him a little Probably bit? Probably so. Maybe? I, th- I think it's more of just they 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 had that you know they had that California armor yeah. that America feel. Obviously, yeah. they're a British band, um, and so they decided to be able to do something that they felt was iconically American, and that was the Prohibition right. area. And Swamp Rock, that Swamp didn't Rock come well, out of the America. It, well. <laughs> well, it's Louisiana. That was that yeah. know, born on the bayou type thing. Yeah. Ryan yeah. knows more about that than any of uh, us. Yeah. yeah, that's good, man. Thanks. Nice pick. Ah, exciting. I learned something new, the Hollies. All right. Next up, I guess we come back to My pappy said, son, you're going to drive Bruce. me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln. All right, guys, let's boogie. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Perkins on guitar. Nope. No, it sounds like Carl Perkins' guitar. (laughs) This is Commander Cody and his Lost Planet Airmen. I don't remember this one. Do you remember it? I remember, yeah. This is actually one of those songs that were on uh, Dr. Domeno and everything, because it was sort of a novelty song, too. This is a cover of a song that was written and released by Charlie Ryan back in 1955. No, I thought I heard it before. I, I really, I, I. It's been I, done by a lot of different folks. This is the most popular version. It makes me think of Convoy. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Featured a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Nice pick in there. It feels Johnny Cash like. Yeah, yes, exactly. it does. Yeah. 
But it tells the story of a race, and uh, there are a couple of cars that are racing, and then this uh, hot rod Lincoln is the one that, uh, that wins the race. <laughs> are they running moonshine or just racing? No, it's just a, it's just a race. I like that move right there. Steel guitar. <laughs> it does sound like a daddy slide. Yeah. It's like early rap, too. Yeah. <laughs> now, that would be funny for a rap group to do a cover of this. Wouldn't that be cool? This can't be rap because it's much too clean. That's right. Good point. I like that little... Ni- I agree, it's nice picking, though. Yes, indeed. It's just interesting, the different types of songs that were out there and you know, what was going on. We talked earlier about, you know, kind of, from a scandal standpoint, this is where Watergate began, right? So, But right now, things weren't going that bad in, in, the, in the U.S. Things were going, you know, relatively well. Gas was still 28 was, We were about to head into a, a really bad time during the, well, 72 is the start of kind of the 72-73 recession, but... You know, Nixon would win the election by a landslide at uh, the end, uh, at the end of the, the year. This is a happy song for that time. Happy song, that's right. Bruce, good job. Good job of memory lane. Now we're going to our comedy instrumental, and this is an instrumental that as was actually... A top 40 hit at that time. It was. That's the thing that's, that kind of shocked me. But uh, we're going to talk about other top hits of June of 1972. Um, keeping it kind of mellow, I'll Take You There by the Staples Singers. I've seen them in concert. Mm. Gallery, Nice to Be With You. Bill Withers, Lean On Me. The big hit, big hit. And America, I Need You. And albums that came out in June of 1972. The Eagles had their first album, The Eagles. Oh. Pink Floyd had Obscure by Clouds. And I was going to try to do a song off that. And I just went, well, we'll just save that for later. Looking Glass had, had the, song, the album that had uh, Brandy on it. Mm. James Brown, there it is. John Lennon and Yoko Ono, Sometime right. in New York City. Hang on just a second. Okay. Listen to this spin up. That just gets me. Just gets the chill bumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes from single to acquire. Well, and, and what kills me is you know that you've got all of these like Ziggy Stardust. It's decadence, you know, but this was also popular. This is a straightforward military bagpipe band playing mm-hmm. Amazing Grace. Fantastic. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Wayne. No, it's all right. Yeah, Alice Cooper had Schools Out, which Gold. is still popular in May and June. That's right. Free, had free at last. I can Tina Turner, feel good. And Golden Earring had together. This has been June of 1972. You've been listening to What the Riff. I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm Brian. And I'm Bruce. Hope you enjoyed it. You've been listening to What the Riff. We hope you've enjoyed riffing with us and all the songs we had on tap today. Check out our website, whattheriff.com, to find a complete list of our blog and then find each track on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify to listen to them again. Follow us on Facebook at What The Riff and let us know what artists you'd like us to feature in the future. Tell your friends about us and thank you to our sponsors, Stanton Electric and Marbury Creative Group. See you next time on What The Riff?